This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. The topic today is going to be so crucial, especially considering what season we're finding ourselves in, because when this episode drops, it's going to be after June 21st, so it will be officially summer, which means it's only going to be getting hotter from here, depending on, of course, which hemisphere you're in, so this will apply mostly for those of us here in the Northern Hemisphere. I know I'm dialing in from Denver, Colorado, and, you know, here, the heat It's going to feel a little bit different than my home state, but we'll talk about that in a second here. But the point of this episode is because, yeah, summer's here, and the thing that's key, especially if you're an outdoor athlete and you participate in cycling and running and all the mountain sports like I aspire to as well, the more acclimated you are to the heat, the better you can perform in the heat. I do want to go ahead and also say that... If you're already thinking, ah, Jen, I am not, the heat and I are not friends. Generally speaking, generally speaking, of course, it's because you're just not acclimated to it. You might live in a mountain town. You might live in a cooler climate. You might live in a less humid climate. So your exposure to certain heat and styles of heat is going to be completely different than someone who's living in Florida or Alabama, for example. Okay. So this all means just talking about heat acclimation. This all means that you can have a lower heart rate when performing in the heat when, when you're acclimated, okay? You'll, you'll feel less exhausted when you're acclimated to the heat. You'll also feel like your effort is, is even less intense the more acclimated to the heat that you are. Your body responds to the heat differently than other people in your life. So please, please stop the comparison game. I did want to go ahead and say that because I feel like this is so important. You might be looking at a friend of yours, maybe they're a riding buddy or a running buddy or something, and they just can crush, you know, certain trails during the the dead of summer, heat of summer, right? And you're like, what the hell is wrong with me? It's just a difference in acclimation and also a difference in the in the in the just the human body. You know, your response to heat, it, it all depends on a variety of factors, but, you know, mostly your age, your gender, of course, where you live, like I'm, I talked about a moment ago, among other variables. But just keep that in mind and go easy on yourself, okay? Now, I do want to go ahead and also point out a caveat here when it comes to heat training and acclimating to the heat. There are going to be some individuals who are just not going to have an ideal response to heat training or the heat period. And those are generally people who have autoimmune illnesses, you know, like multiple sclerosis and scleroderma and, and, you know, Schrodinger's like these, these, um, health issues. I don't really want to call them issues. These health, you know, hurdles, whatever you want to call them. They are just going to have you respond to heat differently. All right. So I do want to go ahead and put the plug in there. If you have an autoimmune illness or something else, chronic fatigue syndrome, maybe even like post-COVID syndrome or something, you know, that is all going to impact your capacity to, to perform in the heat and to really acclimate in the heat. All right. But I want to, I want to do a little bit of the what behind this before we dive in. All right. So bear with me. Let me take a minute or two, because I feel like this is incredibly important to talk about just so you can see what the staggering difference is here. Because, you know, 
I think the more often you can hear some staggering things, the more it really puts things in perspective and, and doesn't make you feel so whiny <laughs> if you're, if you're whiny, like I am during the heat. Um, all right. So here's some staggering things to think about when it comes to heat training in temperatures between 60 and 75 degrees Fahrenheit, your heart rate can increase up to four beats per minute. All right. That's just from what your general baseline is at that training level. Okay. Or even out just going for a walk. It's going to be a few beats, a few beats higher in temperatures over about 75 degrees, more or less, your heart rate may increase by up to 10 beats per minute and maybe even more, you know, like there is always a range for people. There are always going to be outliers, you know, maybe for some people it might be upwards of 15 beats per minute, who knows, but give yourself grace. Just knowing these, these things alone, that, that those little stats alone, should give you a little bit of a sigh of relief, okay? In air conditioning, <laughs> in air conditioning, right? Uh, another thing to consider is that men and women have completely different responses to the heat. So women, for example, respond differently to the heat depending on the phase of their monthly cycle, you know, if, if, if of course, they're still menstruating. And this also applies to other menstruating individuals who aren't necessarily women, all right? So we have to include a lot of people in this subcategory because hormonally, you know, it can be very similar depending on how far along uh, a trans person is in their transition journey and how far along they do want to go in that transition journey. So I'm trying to be very sensitive to this and very aware to this. So if you happen to to notice that I misspeak, I would love to hear a message or an email from you just to let me know. And then of course I can update in the show notes and things like that. But, you know, based on my research, men and women completely are different. And of course, menstruating individuals completely, uh, they respond completely differently to heat. So to explain this a little bit more during the low hormone phase, the body temperature is a little bit lower for menstruating individuals. So overall, it will actually take women a little bit lo- of a longer period of time also to acclimate to the heat compared to their male, uh, or penis owner counterparts. All right. So another thing is as you age, you may also notice that you don't handle the heat as well. And that's because, yeah, age is definitely a factor. And the same goes for where you live. Like I mentioned a moment ago, if you live and train in a humid or hot location, you'll be more apt to acclimate to that more quickly, of course, because you're, you're just in that, that element a lot more than I am, for example, here in Denver. The opposite is also true. You know, Colorado, I will say, I always joke with friends and, and, you know, athletes that I work with, Colorado's made me a little soft because I'm originally from Florida. You know, don't hold that against me. I'm originally from the Tampa area and of course, very hot and humid state. You know, you could take a shower and you could walk outside, uh, clothed of course. Uh, but you could walk outside after your shower and feel like you need another shower and like five minutes later, because you're already dripping in sweat. And, you know, to be fair, when you're in a humid or hotter location, especially if it's a humid location for this, for this example, your ability to sweat is going to be a little bit more readily available, generally speaking for most people. However, your sweat's just not going to be able to evaporate as effectively because the humidity is preventing the evaporation of your sweat. So you're actually going to notice that you're just going to feel hotter for longer when you're in a more humid environment. All right. Now that can also include, of course, even though I'm in the desert, high desert here in Denver, if it's monsoon season, you know, lately we've been getting a really hearty dose of monsoon season here in Colorado, which is great because hopefully that will help offset our wildfire season. Um, but 
it's been more humid and a lot of us have noticed it in some of our rides or outdoor endeavors. So, you know, I I may joke that Colorado has made me soft because of the lack of humidity. And while that's true, I can still work on my heat acclimation. All right. Um, All right. So next I want to talk about how the hell you can work on acclimating to the heat. Generally, there's two different ways that you can acclimate to the heat through actively training in it outdoors and through passive means that usually include an artificial heat environment. This includes things like a sauna, a hot bath, a hot tub. If you have a hot tub in your, in your, you know, excessive accessibility or in your sphere, I should say in your environment, maybe in your yard, lucky dog, or even a hot room. Okay. So I'm thinking things like hot yoga. All right. I will say hot yoga doesn't necessarily get hot enough, but it can help offset that feeling a little bit. So we have the active domain of actively training in it outdoors, and then also kind of a passive means where you're just kind of, you're laying there, you're not necessarily doing anything. Um, I will go ahead and say that both the active and passive methods that I just outlined for acclimating can stimulate a desired response regardless. So you should use the method that works best for you and your means and your schedule. So definitely choose something that you have access to, you know, don't choose something that is going to be outside of your means financially, as well as physically, you know, be mindful of that. And and next I wanted to talk about how long it takes to acclimate. All right. Something to keep in mind is that non-menstruating individuals or, or men usually only need about six to 10 days to acclimate to the heat. So that, that doesn't sound too daunting, right? Six to 10 days, you know, it sounds, it sounds doable, right? Now, women and menstruating individuals, on the other hand, they need upwards of 10 or more days to acclimate to the heat. So that just really goes to show you the the difference in how we can handle our heat. I know Stacey Sims and other researchers have talked about this in their research that they've done, finally, on, uh, not finally for them, but finally just period that research is being done on women. Um, but they talk about it quite often in you know a variety of their research studies. So you can check that out on researchgate.net. Oh man, is researchgate.net or is it .org? I can't remember. But yeah, definitely look up, you know, Stacey Sims, any of her research, um, as well as some, any, any real research on heat acclimation, females or whatever you want to kind of use as the phrase, but it'll definitely show you. You can also use Google Scholar. That's another good source as well, just for legitimate, uh, research. But it has been shown time and time again that yeah, men and women and you know, whether they're menstruating or not, they do respond differently to heat acclimation. So men might take six to 10 days, women and menstruating individuals will probably need upwards of 10 or more days to acclimate to the heat. But all in all, regardless of gender or sex, it usually takes up to 14 days to acclimate to the heat across the board. Okay. So this is, this is how long you should allow yourself to acclimate, especially if you're doing it for an actual race or an event, you know, yeah, it's two weeks as a minimum, but, but, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about this in a minute that maybe you could do it a little bit longer and I'll tell you how. All right. Now, one way to quickly ramp up heat acclimation consists of training in the heat specifically. All right. This method generally takes six to 10 days on average. Um, but it, 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 it consists of, of basically aiming to do your workout of the day in the heat of the day. All right. So if you have a tendency to maybe work out in the mornings, you're working out 
at like 5 to 7 a.m. And if you live in a mountain town on top of that, or if you live in a location that does cool down overnight, then if you're working out in the morning and it's the coolest time of the day and you're trying to acclimate to the heat, how successful do you think you're going to be at acclimating to the heat if you continue to work out in the morning, right? So common sense, all right? it would be for you to actually try to work out in a hotter time of day. Do I think you should go from working out at 5 to 7 a.m. when it's cold uh, to doing like heat of the day, 3 p.m., you know, 2 to 3 p.m.? No. Uh, But maybe, you know, shift your workout to like 6 p.m., all right? Especially this time of year, it's still light until about 9 p.m. You know, you still have ample light on a trail until about 8.30, depending, of course, on where you are. This is Denver specific, so don't lambast me if you're like, no, Jen, I live in Phoenix and it's completely different. I know, I know. But, you know, be mindful of maybe switching the time that you work out. And instead of working out in the morning, you know, work out in the afternoon or work out in the early evening and use that as a time to kind of, you know, quickly or easily, more easily, I should say, ramp up your heat acclimation that way. All right. So, be, I will go ahead and say, you know, um, oh, I lost my place in my notes here. Well, one on one second. I'm looking at my bullet points. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. Talked about method generally takes about six to 10 days on average to do this when you're working out outside. Um, you know, try to work out in a warmer time of the day. And it is ideal if this particular workout outside is in your zone two training. So because you're working out in the heat of the day, or at least in a warmer time of day, this is going to diminish your ability to be more intense. All right. So if you're, if it's supposed to be a high intensity workout, I would recommend dialing it back, you know, dialing it back to like 70% of your effort, maybe even 80% of your effort, if whatever's comfortable, right? Therefore, you know, because your intensity is already going to diminish anyways in the heat, your intensity will be lower for these workouts as you acclimate to the heat. However, after you're done with the acclimation, you can increase the intensity once again. And again, that takes about six to 10 days. So now I know many of you right now are probably rolling your eyes and you're not going to be happy to do zone two training for a week or two. I get it. It's not the end of the world though, friend, I promise. Um, And however, if you do realize how quickly you can acclimate to the heat in a matter of just one to two weeks, I think you'll be more open to doing more zone two training. All right. Now, another method to acclimate to the heat is by artificial heat simulation. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, like, uh, it could be in the form of a sauna, a hot bath, or exposing yourself to any type of heat source, right? Just don't burn yourself. All right. Don't be stupid. Don't, don't go into a a steam, you know, or, or like steam your body with a steamer that you have at home, or just don't do anything dangerous. All right. Now, this method is ideally done after a workout. So you can do your typical workout that you have planned, right? And maybe it's even indoors or it's in the morning when it's nice and cool out, whatever it is, right? Now, do your workout, but then you're going to hop into a hot tub or a hot shower. Eh, hot shower is not going to be as effective, but hot bath or a sauna for a period of 5 to 15 minutes at first, right after you're done with your workout. So don't even try to bring in nutrients unless you're feeling you know, crappy, Um, just go straight from workout to the hotness. All right. Now, eventually you're going to, you know, get to a period of working up to about 30 minutes. I'd say 25 to 30 minutes in that environment. But again, start small, start five to 10, five to 10, 15 minutes or so, and then work up to 30 minutes. 
Now, please, please be cautious of how you feel, especially when you're exposing yourself to an artificial source of heat. Um, you know, you might notice, especially after a workout, you're already dehydrated. You might need some nutrients to replace some glycogen to replace or what have you. But you know, if you are feeling excessively dizzy, not feeling well, you're just feeling tired and malaise, you know, you might have a headache or you feel run down, or if you feel anything else that you can imagine that is not necessarily your baseline after a workout, then it is time to not, you know, maybe jump right into that sauna or what have you. Maybe it is time to have a little bit of hydration and take care of yourself because, you know, these things can be signs of heat sickness or a prequel or precursor to heat sickness. And it's just, it's just worth being cautious around these types of symptoms. Okay, friend. And the point here that I'm trying to emphasize in in today's episode is, you know, I want you to acclimate yourself to the heat, not make yourself sick. (laughs) Right? There's there's a big difference between this, and it it does it does matter, and it is very important that you are mindful uh, in the process. So just be be cautious, be careful. Now. If you're wondering how hot things need to be, generally speaking, temperatures of the sauna or hot tub or what have you should be about 105 degrees Fahrenheit. However, this also depends on your personal ability to withstand spending time in that heat. So you might need to actually ramp up a little bit, you know, so please be cautious around this, but I would usually recommend a minimum of of about 105 degrees Fahrenheit as a good baseline to work at at first. Now, of course, the sauna might be hotter. Hot tub, of course, might be hotter. Um, It just kind of all depends but be mindful because once you start to hit about 120 degrees, especially when it involves water, you are starting to sneak into territory that can cause burns. So please be mindful. Don't just crank it up because, you know, well, you didn't tell me to do. No, no, no. Be mindful. Be, be smart about it. Take good care of your body. Okay. But usually around 105 degrees Fahrenheit is, is usually ample. Uh, that might be like 40 degrees Celsius. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm really bad at, at Celsius conversions, but might be right around 40. I, I could be wrong. Don't mark. Don't, don't take my word for it <laughs> if you're uh, not in the States. So now I know regarding timelines for heat, it can sound very daunting when you're thinking like, oh man, two weeks. But like I said earlier, it usually takes up to six to 10 days, but up to two weeks or 14 days. So therefore, if you have a race or an event that is going to take place in hot and maybe even humid weather, then you need a minimum of two weeks to acclimate to the heat. However, there, there can, and there has been, uh, there have been rather some research that have shown year round acclimation to the heat can be really beneficial for some, especially if you have an early season event or race that's coming up shortly after winter, it's really smart to get ahead of the game and really start to acclimate as, as best as you can. So while it will only take two weeks to acclimate to the heat, personally, I usually find that athletes do better when they take about, you know, anywhere between, I'd say like three to six weeks to acclimate because acclimation can be intense for some individuals. I know it can be fairly intense for me, but I'm actually good after I have like, personally, after I have like two days, especially if I'm coaching outside all day, like a mountain bike clinic or something like that. If I have two two days in a row in the heat, I'm usually pretty good, you know? Um, But keep in mind that this heat acclimation protocol it can definitely impact performance in the short term too. So give yourself some time and give yourself some grace. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about the protocol in the next few minutes, and then we'll wrap up this episode. But this next section of this of the episode today is really going to just give you the nuts and bolts on how to do this protocol specifically, okay? 
Now, this is how you acclimate to the heat, period. All right. Ideally, you can do an intensive six to 10 day protocol up to maybe 14 days, but I'll give you some little caveats here. For, for six to 10 days, basically, this is what you're going to do. You'll expose yourself to the heat either artificially or passively or, you know, uh, or actively rather. So either artificially and passively. So, you know, you're just kind of laying there, uh, or actively while working out. So those are your two options, you know, outdoors or indoors. Now this will be in periods of time of about 15 to 30 minutes. Like I said earlier, all right. Generally speaking, this is, this is when you're actually going to be working out outside, start with 15 to 30 minutes. Then you're going to slowly build up to about 60 to 90 minutes over the course of those couple of weeks. Near the end, you should be pushing, you know, 60, 90 minutes. Of course, this does also depend on how long your event and race is. If it's a long endurance event and it's going to take six hours, that's when things get a little wishy-washy. And, you know, acclimating to the heat over a period of two times could be very helpful. But I will go ahead and say that it would be really beneficial for you to have at least one long event a week or one long training event a week or training session, I I should say a week leading up to your event that is going to be more in the heat and is going to be longer duration. All right. So again, I don't recommend that you start off with six hours in the heat. If you're doing a six hour event, I recommend again, starting off 15, 30 minutes and then building, you know, in 15 minute increments, maybe, or 10 minute increments, whatever you feel like you can safely handle without any of the aforementioned uh, symptoms that I talked about with heat illness, but yeah, build up. So if you're doing outside training, six to 10 days, get outside every day, spend 15 to 30 minutes at first, and then slowly build up to 60 to 90 minutes, you know, and, and yes, I know this is extremely demanding, um, on the body. So you're going to want to take a little time off, like a little deload and reduce the heat and the intensity of your workouts for a few days after that. So that way you can recover properly. So once you go through the six to 14 day heat acclimation, for example, then you're going to want to take at least two to four days off completely from exposing yourself to the heat. So just, you know, do your traditional workouts if you want to. However, after this time off of two to four days, then you can include heat training every other day or so during the week instead of daily. All right. So that way you can kind of keep it, keep it going, keep it steady. All right. And that's one of the reasons why I really recommend doing, you know, the one to two week protocol and then continuing on and making your, your time to acclimate longer, you know, push it, push it to two, two months, push it to anywhere between three weeks to, you know, even upwards of six months. I feel like six months might be a little overkill and it might be difficult because obviously the summer season doesn't last that long. Uh, maybe if you live in Florida, it does, but you know, just something to, to keep in mind, uh, giving yourself a little bit more than, than three weeks, three weeks before your race event. That way, honestly, your body can also just, you're going to feel better. You're going to feel more acclimated and you're going to feel more confident too in that race. Um, but do give yourself two to four days off after that six to 14 day heat acclimation protocol. And then you're going to be golden. Now, the same protocol can be used for the passive or artificial method of heat. But again, like I said earlier, it's just going to be shorter. So, you know, maybe you're just going to start off with five minutes and then build that up to 15 minutes after you're, you know, after you're done working out, get into an artificial source of heat, whether it's a sauna, hot tub, whatever it is, right? 
and spend, you know, five to 15 minutes and then build that up to about 25 to 30 minutes. Um, and then, you know, go from there. Now, of course, if you have any health conditions that, that, um, make it difficult for you to do sauna or, you know, anything like that, then be mindful and be smart about it. Of course, and always listen to your, to your healthcare practitioner when it comes to that. Um, all right. So yes, like I said, you know, for the six to 14 day heat acclimation protocol, it is usually recommended that for the six to 10 days, you include a heat training, you know, workout or exposure to an artificial source, like like sauna or, you know, hot tub or whatnot, at least once a day. However, after that six to 10 days, please be sure to take two to four days off. I'm, I'm just going to reiterate kind of what I said here a moment ago, because it's incredibly important to give yourself a little bit of a break. Okay. You know, and it's because when you're, when you're not exposing yourself to heat, unless you're, you're truly feeling like you might need a little bit of extra time to acclimate, um, you know, just, or excuse me, hold on. <laughs> I was, I've actually been doing heat acclimation and I can tell a difference because yeah, sometimes I'm just completely drained. Um, like I am right now <laughs> after spending time in my heat acclimation protocol, uh, I just get a little brain dead. So hold on. Let me, let me say the, this full sentence here. <laughs> All right. So yes, for the six to 14 day heat acclimation protocol, it is usually recommended that, um, for six to 10 days, you should include a heat training workout or expose yourself to an artificial source of heat. Like I said, like a sauna, hot tub, whatever, um, at least once a day. All right. However, after that six to 10 days, make sure that you take the two to four days off when you're not exposing yourself to any heat unless you're truly feeling like you might need a little bit of extra time to acclimate, but still give yourself the two to four days and then continue on, you know, doing a few more days on top of that to get to the 14 days. Okay. Now, again, I'm going to reiterate this because this is incredibly important and your safety is so important to me. These workouts should not be intense. They should be easy zone too. Please don't do intervals in the heat. Instead, allow your body to get used to it first before you start ramping up intensity at all. Okay. So hopefully these tips have helped you get ready to conquer the heat slowly, but surely, you know, like I said earlier, start short and small, uh, kind of like me and build up from there. All right. Remember, it doesn't take much to get acclimated, but you need to be patient and make yourself not make yourself sick or cause harm to yourself. Okay. So friend, have fun getting acclimated and hopefully this sets you up for success, uh, whether it's for a race or an event or just for summer period. Also, be sure to check out the suggested episode in the show notes so you know what to do to stay stay cool in the heat in addition to getting acclimated, all right? I will catch you next week, and here's to becoming more acclimated to the heat.